This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, brought to you by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. Orbition Group is delighted to bring this podcast series, which boasts some of the most high-profile data, analytics, and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Each episode details the journey to the top of our industry's most respected leadership figures, while bringing unique insights drawn from first-hand experience on the industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, experiences, and ideas to inspire, innovate, and give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dan Rain, who is the CEO and founder of Unlocked Data. So Dan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. A oh, real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Good, good. Um, yeah, great to great to have you. So, um, you know, appreciate your feedback as well, Dan, um, a listener to the podcast. So it's always Absolutely. nice to, to have someone come on who, who listens. Um, but, you know, for I guess you'll know then, you know, where we always start is to get our guests to give a, a brief kind of account and introduction of themselves and I guess the journey that they've been on to date. So uh, why don't you kick us off with that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, I'm, I'm a listener, so I'm, I think it's my first podcast. So I uh, told the kids indoors just now, and they're kind of, <laughs> when can I listen? It's like, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. Uh, I can say anything too exciting for their for their ears, but hopefully uh, a few nuggets in there today for the, for the audience. But yeah. Um, yeah, my name's Dan. Um, I think similar to many of the data leaders that you get on the podcast, my my background isn't in data. I didn't start off that way. Um, my, my first part of my career. Uh, was in finance, uh, so I trained as a chartered accountant and kind of kicked off my career heading in that direction. I kind of moved into uh, different organisations, different industries, and t- took on more commercial roles and then uh, kind of more strategic roles. And then about ten years ago, I guess probably a pivotal point in my career where uh, I was in one of these jobs where you kind of go around um, troubleshooting or pointing the fingers at other problems that you see within organizations and kind of where we, we had a few guess, issues around data we were seeing a lot of recruitment analysts being recruited and not really sure what was going on and um, somehow the mantle fell to me to say well go on then Dan <laughs> go and sort it out so, uh, so that's pretty 10 or 11 years ago now and um, again similar to many of the of the great people that you get on the podcast you know it was that first step of building a data strategy trying to consolidate all the hidden analysts around the organization into kind of one framework and they keep coming out of the woodwork or hidden deliberately. Oh, they're not data. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Getting them in. We had, you know, 50 different reporting tools and different, every vendor you could possibly imagine was, was uh, in the organization somewhere or other um, as they come, you know, we'd acquired different businesses over the years. So this is, um, that was kind of a, a process, a real kind of good foundation, understanding uh, much more around how data worked, what the kind of issues were, some of some of the um, trying to steer a way forward, really. Um, and I probably at that time, there wasn't a lot. I wouldn't say data was an industry then. It's probably things like this certainly wouldn't have existed. You, it's very hard to find help anywhere. You're kind of making it up as we went, went along. And then we, um, maybe about six years ago, we I managed to convince the business to... Um, a pretty major investment in Tableau in. So we kind of consolidated down to, to one product, um, but with a real emphasis on external. So could we you, could we develop something that our customers could use? And I was working in, this is in the travel industry, it's kind of a um, FTSE 350, you know, kind of a, a, a medium-sized organization 
Um, and they kind of said yes. I think we managed to, the wind was blowing the right direction and, and managed to kind of get that get that signed off because it was a pretty big bill up front. And in, in I know the pricing's changed these days, but um, and then uh, it kind of set to work six or seven years ago, rolling this out across a customer base and finding ways to make money. And um, I think through that journey, um, and I guess maybe hitting forty in that time, and kind of uh, things were kind of. <laughs> Uh, thinking, I could probably. Why am I making money for someone else? Am I coming up with these ideas and and getting this expertise gathered around? Um, wanted a bit of the action myself. Um, so lots of discussion and head scratching. But uh, uh, the the organisation I worked for got bought out by someone else, which kind of gave me an, an exit route with a bit of money behind me. Um, and and together with a couple of my former colleagues there, we we decided to start up our own business. So yeah, that was but just around a year ago. So um, we've gone from a fairly big data organization, well, well over 100 people um, in consulting and, and uh, business intelligence, we called it then. And now there's just a handful. So it's a different scale and different thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for the uh, the kind of uh, overview there, I guess. So which brings us up, up to date, right? So a year ago, you launched your business, which was effectively taking some of the ideas and concepts and strategies that you'd been you know, as you said, um, you know, doing for other people and making other other businesses money, and you thought, well, obviously, there's something in this, um, which you know, we're going to jump into the meat of the detail yeah. around that as we kind of you know go through this podcast. But I guess before we do that, just give the audience a bit of a taste of you know, unlock data, what you guys do, who you work yeah. with. Obviously, you mentioned you're small, but um, you know, where you're working, all of that type of stuff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so uh, yeah, unlock data. It's a it's a new business um give you a feel in terms of size there's only three of us in the uk a couple of guys in the us and we've got a, a small team out in india um who do more of the development side uh and i kind of the, what we're about i suppose is that uh we want to help organizations unlock the, some innovation um and commercialize the potential of their data um, we do that predominantly by designing and building um, customer-facing data products and, and services um, that helps our customers make money uh, from their customers. So that's so we're, we're a, tech, a tech business predominantly, but there's kind of consulting elements within that. Um, but really trying to narrow in on this idea of data being a product that you can make some money from. And that's kind of uh, the, the thoughts along today, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, that's become a, a huge talking point, I guess, over probably the last 12, 18 months. Um, and, you know, I've got to admit, probably when I first had a conversation with someone, I think me and you spoke about this offline, but um, I had a conversation with, uh, you know, a very senior data leader within a telco who was telling me that the conversations were going on at board level around how can we use the data that we're using internally to drive our decision-making, package that up and sell it back off to our suppliers. And he ran the example by me because I just evidently wasn't grasping what he was what he was trying to say was he kind of said, take JD Sports, they sell Nike's data back to Nike or Adidas. Is, and, I, and I was like, it's the first time it, you know, even kind of, I'd even contemplated that that could be a thing. And, and I don't know why, but obviously, you know, since then that's kind of, unraveled and we've got to this point where there's a lot of conversations around you know almost a debate i guess if you want to call it that around you know what's the best thing to do can you do both you know is it best to focus on 
commercializing your data from an internal perspective to drive decisions, which ultimately, you know, drive ROI and money on the bottom line? Or, you know, is is it best to package it up and try and sell it and the pros and cons of each? So I guess that's what we're going to get into um, today. But I guess from your perspective, obviously, you've decided to launch a business in that space where you see that, you know, you're effectively building products for organizations to sell their data to, you know, make money from it. Um, which I think me and you, when me and you again spoke offline, I kind of said with so much going on in the industry at board level and them getting it or buying into it or whatever the case may be, I think it's, it's become a real, I think that whole side of that coin is very clear to the board. Okay. Well, we can make a product out of our data and sell it for X. So the return on investment is pretty obvious. Right. But just, just talk us through kind of the catalyst of how you got to that point, why why you decided that that was the business that you wanted to, to launch and I guess why organizations have started to, to kind of click into that and, and start to think about actually delivering on that. Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's good to hear that you're having conversations with people around that. That's, that's encouraging. I think the, the context of it, the catalyst for it, I think is um, just trying to find gaps in the market where you, and, and identifying problems. And I think... Um, we would all have come across people who have made investment decisions around their, their data potentially and, and never really util, um, utilized it, never kind of got to that ROI that they were thinking about. Or they think, you know, and I see the post, you know, the recruitment headaches that you kind of, kind of organizations have. You think, I bought a data scientist, so why isn't all my data kind of issues resolved? Or um, I bought a BI tool, why can't I make turn this into a product? And I think it's that recognition that, and I mentioned it earlier on, we didn't get much help to do this. It was hard to find people to do it. People who have tried to do it using existing products often find that difficult as well and kind of come up against brick walls. And I think as much as, you know, and I also think there's very good solutions out there already for inter- the internal customers. You know, there's a whole suite of fantastic reporting solutions out there, which, um, you know, different different nuances, different takes, but, but, but broadly good. Um, and so trying to kind of have a going after that market feels quite done and you can't certainly bashing your head against a Microsoft and I don't want to compete against Microsoft or something like that. So you kind of got the opportunity to think, actually, there's there's something different. We've got some good experience in this. Let's kind of think about that. I think the, the question that we were hearing back in terms of thinking, why are organizations thinking about this? And I think as a data industry, I think we've created the environment for our uh, business to think about data like a financial asset. So we talk about data being an asset all the time data is capital or data is some kind of a resource you know data is oil or uh you know these kind of kind of um uh analogies that kind of get thrown around so we're putting in our business's head all the time that data is a financial type asset um and we ask for a bit we ask our the board for investment in this in data in data so by kind of creating this this um uh, language, this thinking. I think it's not that much of a jump to go. Well, okay, data is an asset. How do I commercialize that? And you know, I think the internal piece we can we can talk about, but I think it makes much more sense. I think from a kind of traditional business leader, if you're kind of you're in a B two B business, telco like the one you mentioned, it kind of resonates much more. If I'm thinking about what product can I sell to my customers, it is something that's there's a familiarity around that. And I think um, playing on that a bit more, um, I think just really helps to reorientate the, converse, the conversation. And I think the exciting thing but from a from a kind of uh, data industry perspective, if people kind of embrace this idea a bit more, I think is that move from data being a, a cost 
cost center, you know, coming to, to people like you for, for recruitment help. And, you know, I really wanted this person, but I can't afford it, got this. Or, you, you know, going through the challenge of why you need, why a data scientist and surely I've got three analysts around the corner, one of them will do that kind of thinking that uh, we, we kind of certainly gone through and are, and are well aware of. Um, but rather than, rather than that conversation being always about adding costs to the bottom line, what if the conversation to your finance director as you're looking to get sign off for another head is, well, you've asked for one, if you've got three or five or 10, how much more money could you make? And they're kind of pushing resource down your throat to kind of, because they've seen an ROI in there. That's very tangible for those guys to kind of see. And I think the exciting thing, if you, if you can move, and I did this in a couple of organizations in the past, where you can move data out of the realm of being a cost for your business and to be a revenue generator, is uh, psychologically, it's a massive shift. And I think there's a whole lot of pressures that come alongside that. If you're the chief data officer, you might have been quite used to dealing with um, you know, managing your PL and, and and reporting on your cost base back. It's very different when you're, you know, your CEO is saying to you as chief data officer, how much money are you going to make me? It's a different pressure for sure. You know, don't, yeah. don't, don't, but it, but it's definitely a different type of conversation. I think it's much more an exciting place to be as a business if you can if you can make that transition. Yeah. And I think that makes sense, as I kind of said earlier. I think um you know, I still think a lot of businesses set themselves up and, and obviously, yes, you know, data, irrespective of how we look at it, there's always going to be a cost involved, right? But effectively what you're saying is let's spin that conversation on its head. So what we're actually focusing on is the return that we're going to get from making sales against having this data, as opposed to what happens a lot now is, you know, this whole concept of ROI and the whole debate around where does the cost start and where does the cost end? You know, you've got the cost of actually having the data, you know, sourcing the data, storing the data, hiring the teams, buying the technology, blah, 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 blah. And at what point, you know, after the first project, you know, do you write that cost off then against the next project or is it still part of that cost? You know, so, and I think that the kind of, the lines are so blurred in terms of being able to go, this project made us, Five million quid, because there's just so many variables, and I think you know most it, when you're talking about trying to commercialize this internally, it's really difficult. Whereas you know effectively, what you're doing is saying, right, it's going to cost us a million pound up front to do this, but if we do this and we build this and we can go and sell it for five million quid, so therefore yeah. we're making four million pound. And I think yeah. at the top level, at board level, that's they're 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 more used to that, as you said. Um, it's a much more com- comfortable conversation for them to have, and it's kind of more easily justifiable, I guess, as yeah, to I why they're doing it. Justifying, I think, it's really important. Demystifying, I think, that's sometimes the, the challenge. And I know, um, well, why I think this podcast is good, and, and I'd listen to it. I think is that kind of demystifying some of the kind of science around it, and some of the the I don't want to say bullshit factor, but there's kind of a certain amount of <laughs> kind of uh, uh, <laughs> there's a certain amount of um, you know we try we try and turn it into something that is uh, really hard to explain. It's like, you know, and, and concepts which are hard to grasp. And you think, I've seen, you look in the eyes sometimes of very good business people and you start to explain them the, the intricacies of your data science and your algorithms and how it all works. And you just, you know, there's a certain blurring <laughs> how much it's going to yeah. cost. Yeah. I think so, so that kind of de- demystifying is, is, is and putting it in their language, I think is really important. Um, and I think, you know, that's a really good point you made there. That the total cost of ownership of data is massively under underestimated everywhere I see it. Because I've got an invoice that comes in for my BI tool, I can kind of see that. But the the engineering, the back end, the infrastructure, 
the, the cost of our cloud servers, all that stuff's often hidden away. It's very hard to kind of, you know, for my Azure bill, how much of that's my data element, you know, very easily lost in a big check that's written off to Amazon or, or, or Microsoft. Yeah. So it's that kind of, um, it, that lack of transparency and, and it can feel for business leaders. And I'm sure most of your audience will recognize this. It just feels like a black hole and you're just constantly asking me for more money. And it becomes a very different discussion if you can flip it on its mm -hmm. head. And it, and, it, and it is different, but I think it's worth that investment in thinking to try and do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, going back to the point I've made numerous times throughout, you know, this podcast series, I think there's still at board level an obligation or, you know, a, a peer pressure factor to be, you know, data driven or data led or data enabled or whatever kind of buzzword we're using. There's, you know, there's this whole thing going on where I think executives kind of feel like they have to be doing something with data. And often that just means, you know, for them, they're going to try and do some data science or whatever internally. Um, you know, but I think this conversation makes it a lot more appealing to them and, probably makes it easier for them to jump on the, the bandwagon a, a little bit, if that makes sense as to, yeah. to why they're actually doing it. There's actually a purpose to do it. Cause I see so many times organizations just kind of, you know, come with the journey. They do, they're doing data and there's kind of been no strategy as to why there's just, you know, our main competitors doing it. They've heard that mm -hmm. the business across the road is doing great stuff with AI and it's kind of like, right, we need to be involved in this. Otherwise we're going to miss the boat. We're going to be exactly. behind the curve and so on and so forth. So yeah, yeah. makes makes. I think sense. that's where most of my customers come from. Is my, <laughs> my, my, our competitors are doing something. I don't really understand it, but they're talking to the, they're talking to our, our clients or, you know, our prospects about this. And yeah. we look really bad because we aren't thinking about it. And so that's often a good trigger for me getting in there is because the problems actually come from the client facing teams as opposed to driven from the, from the kind of internal commercial teams. Yeah. I think that's you know, one of the things I wanted to kind of talk about today, but it's that kind of getting the year of the business. So it's not just a one way me communicating to your, to the CEO or CFO as to why I need some money, but really understanding the, the wider sense of the business. I think that's, that's a big part of the role of the of data leadership is to get break out of the silo um, or, and I think that's why probably in these roles, often it's not your most techie guy is not necessarily the right person for that job. Because I think so much of that role is around looking across the business, both internally and I would encourage people to externally think about the customers and their their end experience, uh, not just internal customers, but the external customers uh, and really put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, I mean, and that makes perfect sense. I guess just out of curiosity, Dan, the, the organisations that you're speaking to are going and working with on this stuff, are they typically also doing stuff internally with data to try and drive value from it? Or, you know, I guess, as a, or, you know, have you been in a situation where, you know, you, you're going in and speaking with people that might be thinking about going on that journey, but, you know, they've had the head turned, for, for want of a better phrase, yeah. by your proposition? Um, I think it's probably a bit of a mixture. I think my yeah. kind of, I'd say more often than not, and it's almost this is a best case scenario in terms of speed of getting something to market, is uh, they've already got, uh, we've got this data lake, but what do we do with it? It's kind of, kind of is often a thing and it's got kind of, great. Well, let me, we'll plug into that and let's uh, let's do something. And I think that's often, um, that's, that seems to be quite a frequent break point that we've kind of customers have already got a certain amount of the infrastructure or they've collected something and they kind of think this has got to be worth something, right? We put all this money in here. I've got this thing, which we're calling an asset. Um, how, and now I need to think about it differently. So I think that's often one point. Occasionally it's 
and this is a kind of a worst case scenario really that they have not haven't got anything and they're just kind of floundering a bit more because then it becomes you almost you need to build start the building of that data strategy up a bit more around collecting and what are you going to get and how you're going to store it and all, the, all those kind of foundational parts um so almost i'd rather they, they can be good but but I, I always kind of look for some real kind of quick route to market how can i show you how you can make some money quickly <laughs> as opposed to like this is a three-year journey because i think again yeah. if their appetite's not there uh, then it, and they haven't invested already then probably that three years might be too long for them yeah whereas i think just kind of i've got you know, i hear this all the time i've got a lake <laughs> it's got, okay good yeah. good start let's go somewhere and i think that's much more um where, where i think it's a good good jumping off point and i think it's not and, and kind of the point you you're hinting at there is i don't think these things are exclusive and it's not even necessarily like numbers wise numerically it might not even be material and i'd argue for for a, a real good data strategy for for an internal customers um uh and and really kind of engaging with the business and their needs and they're making better decisions and, and all the kind of um efficiencies and all those great things which you've put your business case through to your internal it's not to undermine that or to say that's not important because it is it's just hard to quantify and and you know you guys know this but and i've worked in finance for, for first half of my career you kind of know that this is uh um it, it just gets a bit theoretical yeah, yeah. and so almost my uh, my kind of premise really is that that's all good carry on but let's bolt this part on as part of the strategy because we can leverage that investment that you probably want to make anyway or you've already made we can try and sweat some of that back with an invoice that i've raised yeah. or here's a new customer that we've got that we didn't have before mm. and then that's really quite exciting then for the business you know in my previous organizations is when we were leading out customers from a data perspective and then we were getting the rest of the core business, if you like, following suit because we'd already gone out and pioneered some stuff. So rather than just being a, I want to sell more to my existing customers, which is by far the easiest, by the way, and definitely the first step. If you can transition that again to say, I'm not just selling more to the customer that I've already got with some extra value data product. I've got a brand new customer and then your sales got your sales exec, commercial director suddenly goes, hang on a sec, I can sell the rest of my normal suite into those. And that's what, again, you've got your own customers. You've got a very different seat at that table. Here's our data customers. You know, it's uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's it's really exciting and, and worth the effort in getting there. But first step, go after the customers you've already got because winning new ones is, is definitely much harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that you spoke around there around how you, you know, organizations that have done something so as you mentioned you know we've got a data lake but we we'd now we've got to this point and now we don't have a clue what to do that piece fascinates me and that just plugs straight into kind of what we were talking about earlier right around an almost an obligation to be doing something and I, this is why i see all of the time and you know everyone knows and we speak about it so much but you know there needs to be some kind of data strategy in place then we can work back to what we need but often what happens um and probably to your benefit in, the, in these instances is you know right well we want to be data driven so what does that mean right well we need some kind of cloud platform we need a data lake we need this right let's go and buy it and then they get to that point that right now what do we do you know um and and i think it's just it's funny because obviously there's opportunities there obviously for businesses like yours where you go well you know you need to be looking at what you're doing internally with that you know and how you make better decisions as a business but also there's some maybe some money to be made in a bit more quicker time scale and you know something that you might be able to put a numeric value on um, yeah i think the this. good thing is and build, build on that point further you, you may have already done some investment but I also think the good news is it's often just okay. You might have already have the right approach. You just got to dial it up. 
So, um, and I hear it here, I heard on the podcast a number of times, obviously in this we talk a lot about um, thinking about our customers, who's your data customer. And, and you know, there's some excellent internal use cases that, that I've heard on here. And, and uh, that makes sense. And it's definitely very important to think about that. But I suggest it's almost a case of dialing up that thinking further to think about not just obviously who you're, it's a different way of thinking, also kind of more of a design thinking, more of a marketing type thinking, um, rather than a kind of, features, technology, science kind of piece. How do I, it becomes using all your knowledge about what's what's possible and, and the art of the possible and, and the kind of what you've got and what you've collected, applying that thinking of a customer um, and really ramping that up, turning up as far as you possibly can, ideally talking to customers, getting in their heads, getting, you know, what's the, um, I can't, you know, really immerse yourself in their world and, and you know, a load of questions you can start asking, you know, is that customer, a data expert to begin with, um, almost a fundamental question. <laughs> and, and I see that missed so many times because you've assumed a certain amount of data knowledge or understanding or, or, or numeric knowledge. You know, if is your, your customer may be, you know, they're operationally within their business, not dealing with any numbers apart from an, an invoice, maybe that comes through the door or something. And then I'll put you this great BI tool and it's got every bell and whistle you can possibly imagine. You click, 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 click. You can drill down, do this, do that. Now, which you know, smart and good and well, well-intentioned, but the usage just falls away. <laughs> I just wanted to buy something. On, you know, is that kind of, uh, you're leaving these people in the dust. So they might not be data experts. Your product or service that your organization is delivering may not be core business for that organization. You know, it's a bolt-on service and the guy who is, you know, there's a, a procurement person in charge of your category of that you're buying, but they've got 10 other categories and they just want to get through this as quickly as possible. Um, it might not necessarily be the most important decision they make today. It might not be anything to do with, with your data. Um, really trying to kind of get to grips who they are, what decisions are they having to make regarding the service or product that you're providing? What, what's their, what's, what do they do just before they, they touch your 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 solution what do they do just after what are you giving are you giving them anything today are they kind of phoning up and asking questions is your account managers or client facing people doing reviews and, and providing pie charts for, you know, for people on powerpoint slides you know, the, the, what, what are you what are they getting and what feedback are you getting from that um that kind of uh what what, what headaches have they got who are their end users you know they get they might be getting some data from your organization but but not doing anything with it it just kind of sits I'm, I'm, we we lost a client many many years ago, um, and we kind of said, "I can't believe we we produce thousands of reports which we sent you every day. How the, the new incumbent can't be doing that?" Oh, we never we never looked at them. <laughs> just it was just mailbox filler. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we had, we had a full time analyst producing this stuff. This is going back a long time, but just that kind of sense of are you just throwing stuff into a void which no one's looking at and really are asking some hard questions around that. And um, so, you know, think about the customer, really, uh, it's, a, it's a different way of thinking and it, it involves you getting out of the kind of data silo and into the business much more, talking to your sales guys, talking to your, 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 your client facing and people and really understanding what that end customer journey, what, what their headaches. I was about to talk about sort of pain relievers and, and game creators. Um, you know, what, what's their headache? Can you take their headache away? People will pay if you take their headaches away. If you make their life easier, even if you're just making it a few out, you know, price dependent, you know, but, you know, you potentially can be really quite targeted and just making that customer happier and prepare to kind of sign off an invoice once, once a month for that. Um, or what's the kind of game creators? How can you 
what, how can you help them make more money? What decisions could they make based on the information that you give them that helps them to make more money for their business? Because, you know, that's uh, that's almost like the holy grail if you can kind of get to that point. And, and we also often talk about data storytelling, and that's kind of another kind of well-used data language. You know, it's been around forever. There's books on it, and and, uh, and it's good thinking, and, I'm not on, and definitely not undermining it. But I see so often it's about trying to make the data person the hero in the story. It's like, uh, look at this great insight I've uncovered, and look at my, and you go, ah, oh, and the kind of the, this the board clap and applaud as your <laughs> great insights been revealed to the organisation, and. Uh, and I think that, and I think that kind of thinking is good around story, but you need to flip it around and think about how do you make your end user the hero in that story. Now, if you're the the Nike, I don't know much about the the kind of retail fashion industry, but you, using the example that you, you touched on there, if you're the Nike buyer for or Nike seller giving stuff to JD Sports and JD Sports giving you this information, and then you go to your business and that and you you've made them the cost the cost saving hero of that story. And they can go to their boss and go, oh, look, we're wasting money on this part marketing if we did this, or we should be selling more of these because we're going to make, make we're going to sell X number of more trainers. We're going to make this much more money. And you kind of make them the hero. How do you kind of, and because they'll pay for that and they'll, they'll fight for your business case to get something signed off for you to pay for. And I think that kind of thinking, which is really good that we're used to doing within our industry, is just that kind of, how do I, how do I turn it up? How can I ramp it? It's really good thinking, but I take it to 11 and um, force myself out of my comfort zone and stop thinking about how technologically great our thing is. I kind of, um, I, I like photography and, and in my spare time. And when you think about composing a photograph, uh, there's, a, there's a rule which they use. You might get cut from the podcast, but it says think about sex because it's about it, sex being simplify and exclude. I think sometimes in our data building, we want to put more and more layers and interest. And oh, this is oh, this will add value. This is more, more, more. But oft, so often, I think the opposite is true for your end customer. When you got to just make their life really easy, can they open this up and make a good decision in ten seconds, um, and without giving them fifty clicks to kind of get through to get there? And that's the kind of thinking which which is often alien to our kind of let's give our internal users more and more and more because we don't quite know what they're doing with it. They might come up with their own great insights. You got to spoon feed often your your end user from a kind of product perspective to kind of just make their life easy. Um, give it to me in a few clicks. I don't want to have to spend hours digging through this tool because I've got another one from my other vendor and then my other vendor, and my other vendor, <laughs> and you're you're just adding to the noise at this point. Yeah, yeah. I guess the the thing that fascinates me, and you've probably heard me say this before, Dan, but it seems irrespective of the topic and you know we've covered on this podcast everything from the legalities of data privacy through to you know getting out of the proof of concept cycle with ai you know vendors consultancies products services blah 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 um it often when you kind of strip everything back for anything to progress forward or for these issues or, you know, topics and challenges that we have as an industry for them to be overcome. It often comes back to kind of some cultural shift in the way our business and the people within the business, you know, think, behave and operate like nine times out of 10, it, it, irrespective of what the topic I'm discussing, it, it kind of comes down to that, that it just needs to be. And I guess that's just because, you know, against, you know, pitting ourselves against other sectors or other industries within our business you know finance for example that's been around forever and a day obviously we're relatively immature on that spectrum right so um and we're just we're trying to get to grasp with you know 
what what we need to be doing and why we're doing this and what the end goal is and you know a bit of trial and error and, and stuff like that but uh, you know really interesting point there around turning the dial up on understanding the customer because you know if we just go back to that example for a second anyone in their right mind you think jd sports who are their customers well it's the people that go and buy their trainers right or their tracksuits or their jumpers or whatever it is they sell but actually you know the people that they you know, the businesses that they stock the products of can also be their customers, right? Like Nike, uh, like Adidas, like Under Armour, whatever the case may be. So it's just, again, just a change in the way that they think about who their customer is and what they can do for that customer to make that experience better, you know, just in that example, which always fascinates me because that's what it tends to always come back to. And I don't know whether I'm just drawn to that for some kind of strange reason, but, uh, you know. Yeah, no, I I think it's a good thing to, it's definitely good to think about. I think redefining the customer, you know, when you think about any business, the more you can, any good platform business flips those conversations on their heads. Um, and, and it might be, you can be a real leader in that and that will make a massive difference for your business if you, if you, if you flip your buyer and your seller around. Um, and I think the kind of, the cultural shift question is really good as well, because I, you know, the barriers you often hear back is, you know, we our, our customers won't pay for that. Hmm. We would, would give that away for free already. And they're not going to start, you know, don't, don't think going down this journey because you think you've got an idea of where the money's going to come from. It's going to be without that cultural. You're going to, really, you're going to come right up nose to nose against that cultural um, question of a, this is not the way things are done around here yeah. kind of thing. Or our, I know our customers and our customers won't do X, Y, Z. You know, we're not going to pay for that service, that solution, that, that product. Um, so, so, that, so I think, again, this is part of the role of the, I think it's the leadership is to really, um, I think cultural change driven from a client facing perspective is almost is a better way of doing it if it if it becomes their idea that you're implementing it's a much smoother process than the other way around you know finance has this problem often as well so finance said no or the data guy said i couldn't do this or you know it's making the technology departments are renowned at making things difficult often for for you know if it's not core business you know if you're not not a tech company you know if it's back office and i think the role of a data leader in terms of creating that culture and and driving it forward within your organization to make a change i think is really becomes a key a core part of that leadership role um because undoubtedly you will come across a whole bunch of people within your organization who will be naysayers along the way um and i think you know that that's you got to keep and it's easy to get knocked um and think your idea is bad but to kind of keep bashing through those things i think is it becomes really critical yeah yeah, that makes sense. I guess, are there certain types of organizations or sectors where I guess this is more plausible for, you know, and, um, you know, I guess what are the key factors when you're in there, you know, I guess, scoping out the business and what the possibilities are, you know, what are the factors that these organizations, you know, need to be thinking about in terms of, you know, understanding whether this is something worth doing or not, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I... I it's easy to narrow down and think, or maybe even if the listeners think, oh, that's not really my business. You're talking about something which isn't, wouldn't fit my world. And and I think it's easy to point out obvious examples. And there's been people on the podcast before from financial um, services background, or they're providing, you know, uh, ratings or something. And it's very obvious data is what they do. So, so, you know, probably that's core business already. And there'll be some kind of, you know, Techie companies, where again data is kind of the product they're selling, and it kind of makes sense. So I think you know they're they're the obvious ones, but don't think 
it's not you as a listener today because you're not in those categories because they're the obvious ones. I think it's that kind of, I mean, I, I generally work in B2B, so B2B2B kind of thing. I'm selling to a business, it's also a business. Um, but I'd, I'd almost say don't rule anything out um, and, and really challenge your thinking in it. Yeah. Um, because I think certainly, I think business to business services often lend themselves quite well to it. So you've got someone who's buying a service or, or from from you. Um, I think that's kind of is is often easier to kind of put the use cases to. Um, but you know, you mentioned retail just now. You know, I think it's uh, and tel- telecoms for sure. Um, I think any industry, the more you think about it, and I don't, I'm not saying I'm an expert in every industry. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think the thinking translates really well and sometimes going in with a fresh kind of you know i don't know your industry but let's have a talk about it and see if, it, <laughs> if we can kind of think of anything is actually quite refreshing sometimes it's like you know, yeah. i did a presentation to a company the other week i knew nothing about, i didn't even i didn't couldn't, couldn't name them couldn't name any of their competitors couldn't didn't know anything about it so i didn't even know that, was, that sector existed <laughs> let alone, i couldn't let alone find anyone in it and, and happened to stumble across um uh, you know, a mutual contact who kind of wanted me to go and talk to them and I think it's that do some clicking around, and and, and often in most industries that you, you'll find that there's kind of leaders and and followers, and often newer entrants to the markets are coming with a different model. Maybe they're shaking things up and they're kind of challenging the status quo, repricing something differently, or, or or trying to attack the market in a different way. That's often a good sign for for innovation within the industry, anyway. Um, but often, again, I think we mentioned it at the front. You know that 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 can become a catalyst. Because you suddenly start your customers, your customer facing people are feeding back that we've got we're losing business. We haven't won as much. Why haven't we won as much? Oh, because they've got this funky, funky new thing. And maybe they don't even articulate it as data, but you know they've got some. They've got something, and then you, you actually scratch underneath it. Oh, that's a data issue. That's a data solution that they've generated. And I think um, so. You know, can take a little bit of unpicking and a bit of thinking. Um, I think, uh, but I would almost like not rule anything out because I think yeah. enough thinking about it, you better find some opportunities. Yeah. And I think that's really important because, you know, again, obviously the B2B component, yeah, you know, that's logical and makes complete sense. You know, if you're a business that, you know, effectively the business is data, you know, like we've had people previously, you know, Morningstar on the podcast, a perfect example, you know, they provide data for people to make investments off and people subscribe to their magazines and stuff. So they're paying for that data. You know, that's, again, that's an obvious concept, but, you know, not to want to keep banging on about it, but if you think about the JD example, you know, really they're a B to C business, but they, you know, they work with other brands who provide them with the the stock that they sell. So there's opportunities there. And I guess it's just getting people to be thinking that, you know, just because you're in one category or sector, you know, it's, it's not specific just to, to this or that, you know, there's, there's opportunities for it to be, to be worked, um, you know, uh, across the, across the spectrum really. Um, so tell, tell us a bit then Dan about, you know, and obviously don't want to go into realms of technical depth um, because that will certainly lose, lose me. But uh, in terms of, you know, the, the products that you sell and how you build them and what that looks like for these organizations, just give us a bit of a kind of high level overview on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So um, we, we, we design and build our own tech. Um, so I think that the, the thing we found is that often the, the BI tools I've said are very good, but aren't you're trying to, you're trying to um, ram them into something that they're not supposed to be. Um, so we just felt like building our own thing was going to make much more sense. And uh, and we've we had the opportunity to use some real new technology in terms of using containers and uh, cloud platforms and 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 uh, code as infrastructure to 
develop a product suite that can sit inside our customer environment. So just got rid of all those kind of GDPR concerns over, and particularly when you're giving data out to third parties, it kind of gives some security or saying the data never leaves your system. I don't see a, no, no, I don't see any of my customer data. It lives, our software goes inside and is deployed within their environment. So we've got some really, and I'd, I'd encourage everyone to look at containers and Kubernetes and some of those really exciting things around deploying software, which weren't invented by us, but we, what we're using. Um, but some really good new stuff out there, which just helps you get over some of those hurdles and, and think about some of the barriers to think to giving data to your customers around security and individual logins to things and um, making sure customer agency, customer base data and authentication and um, you know how you're gonna how you're gonna depersonalize it if you need to and all those kind of pieces which can make could just be kind of pains that you don't necessarily want to deal with. You don't have to deal with them all the time if you're dealing with internal use cases, um, but can, can form barriers. So we just take a lot of that headache away and say, don't leave all that to us because our solution just kind of packages up and, and sells within your environment. Nice. Fine. So you're effectively creating that kind of the, the, the technological tooling that kind of sits in your client's environment where they then use that to collect whatever data they want that then they can package up and kind yeah. of push out yeah, to, their, right. to their clients. Yeah, so it kind of does all the managing of it, uh, cleaning it up, all the kind of ETL stuff you'd have to do and then push it out in a visualization tool or a product or, a web, or an app often to the customers yeah. so that they yeah. can access it. Okay, interesting. I guess um, there's a lot of people in our industry that are very vocal about, um, you know, maybe counteracting the argument that, you know, data should just be a product to, you know, be commercialized for sale. Um, and maybe that the value of driving better decisions internally and obviously you've been very vocal throughout this episode to say we're, we're not kind of saying that you shouldn't be doing that you know it's just another another kind of string to your bow so to speak but i guess on the whole um you know the whole value piece um organizations that get it right internally and are able to make decisions often can you know make or save significant sums of money is that something that you've come up against as a kind of an objection if you like in terms of when you're speaking with businesses so i guess there's two different things one thing is kind of the wholesale sale of data to third parties which i think is you've got a whole load of issue questions that need to be answered and and, and um and ethical questions and we tend to stay, stay away from that a little bit. And it's more, how do I add? So thinking of data as a product is, how do you add value to your customers by using data? Um, how do you make the, you know, help them be that cost-saving hero, whatever, or the, you know, make them help, that, help them make good decisions around their business? Even, and you know, it's often their own data given back to them or their own data enhanced and benchmarked and kind of fancy stuff that you might want to do to that to kind of make that product really land. So I think I think it's a good question, to, and and when when you say data product, don't always jump to, I'm going to give this to unknown vendor who sells it to unknown vendor, who sells it to unknown vendor. Yeah. and you know you're in some kind of quandary. I think it's more around taking that data, packaging it up as a product, but adding some value to it, making it consumable um, by a customer uh, in a way that brings value to them and they're happy to pay for. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I guess like everything in life and business i'm sure there are organizations out there that you know if they're not doing this they're thinking about doing this and they might be thinking well how do we go about doing this for ourselves rather than go and get a you know a partner a vendor a consultancy business whatever to, to kind of help us do this um obviously i'm sure from your perspective it's probably more down to 
headache and why would you spend the time doing that when you've got you know your internal stuff to be doing uh, i guess is that is that fair yeah i think so i think um i've never data people are busy people you know there's always a thousand product projects that you're trying to solution and I, I, why add is it right to add this to the list i think before you've investigated it properly and i think so it often kind of slips down because it's, it's, it's like these are much more closer this is a different way of thinking so i think sometimes it's that i think Sometimes you get sort of barriers around the siloing within the business. Some way, not really, I think that that can kind of cause barriers or or concerns. Um, and I think it's just a it's a different way of thinking. So it does move. It's a challenge to your even your own values and the way that you kind of sell yourself internally. If you're going to become a, do you want to be a salesman? Inverted, you know, it, 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 it's a different way, and that doesn't suit everybody. And I think. Um, uh, you know, moving from back office to front office within the organi- within the organisation, it doesn't suit. So it's, it's so there's kind of often skill set gaps in there which you want maybe want to hide. So I'm gonna not gonna not not gonna investigate this. So I think there's a whole there's a whole load of technology barriers, uh, time barriers, and kind of skill set barriers which I think prohibit people from investigating it. Mm. Um, and I think the, the nice thing, you know, what you often find is that people want to do it themselves. I see this all the time in technology, any kind of tech solution. You go talk to your, 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 your CTO. Can we do this? Yeah, we can do that. We could buy it. No, 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 we'll do that. <laughs> so kind of, we'll add it to the project plan. And uh, and I think there's a kind of natural tendency to want to do, want to do it yourself. And I think, you know, trying to persuade people, you've, I know you've already invested in this. And maybe that investment's all, already kind of damaged your reputation somewhat. I often see that. Like we've got, I said earlier, we've got the data lake. We've invested some money. And the business hasn't seen it, can't put any tangible numbers on it. You're, you can use up some goodwill within the business, and then you might be conscious about if, if I stretch out to something else, I've already I'm on a thin yeah. leash, I'm on a tight leash already before I even do that. So you often find that there's a bit of nervousness around exploring this as well. So you know, I think um, I think, you know, I think the, the thinking is probably the first point. Really, kind of challenge your thinking, put yourself in the customers, um, and, and then think about is the technology solution that you've got today the right one for for this because I say these analytical bi tools are fantastic for analysts and not necessarily as products for non-data experts and i think just just think about is that the best use of the technology that you've got yeah yeah that makes uh that makes sense so i guess for any organization that out there that's thinking about maybe you know adopting this approach what would you and, and i know you've mentioned a few times now about thinking being the starting point and try and change the the way you think but i guess from a logistical standpoint and actually getting some of this stuff done what's the starting point are there any kind of major barriers to entries that you know organizations need to to think about with this yeah i mean i think there's the barriers to entry i've got kind of covered a little bit um you, and you mentioned the culture one which i think is also another you can add that to the list of trying to change the culture i think time will not be wasted even if this doesn't come off if you spend time with your business and talking to your sales and your account managers and your and your client facing front office people as a as a research project because you know, they, they might be consumers of, you know, you've probably got crm data they're already consuming whatever anyway so you, so it's never going to be time wasted to get break out and talk to customers potentially um end users for internally and uh, externally and, and talk to your client facing people because that, that someone might you know it might not be up to i say you dial your thinking up but it's just more about dial your ears up because yeah. someone else has probably got the idea already 
you know, no consultants come in generally. They know they tell you the ideas that you've already got. They don't come up with anything brand brand new. Someone's probably got had that thought. Now, can you kind of um, talk to enough people to see if if there's any kind of common threads that are kind of coming out of those conversations? I think that's that's often a, a really good start. And sometimes when we go into organisations, we say, "Can I talk to some of your customers?" Because again, a, th- a third party might be a little bit less, um, uh, you know, problematic. Or I mean, it doesn't always work. But people don't don't always want it. But but it's soft. I would, you know, can you talk to one of your customers? I think it's just good practice. Any senior level executive should be doing that regularly anyway. So yeah. you know, why not you as a as a as a data leader? Yeah. Um, so I think that'd be that would probably be my kind of recommendation for for step number one. Um, really tune yourself in to the to the business in that respect. Yeah, makes makes sense. Okay, cool. Well, Dan, look, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. A fascinating conversation. I guess if people are interested to kind of get hold of you, if they want to know more about maybe how you can help and the business might be able to help them think about this and start getting that, you know, steps in into action. Um, what's the best way for them to to reach you? Yep. Um, happy. I mean, if you just want to chat, no, no uh, happy to to talk about some of the examples where, where we've helped people. I think my email is dan at unlockdata.com. Um, website at Um so yeah that's probably the, the best place always happy don't don't um don't feel like you know you have to have a cast iron business case before you speak to me just happy to kind of share some thoughts as well yeah perfect cool well Dan look it's been a pleasure having you on thank you very much for coming in and kind of sharing your journey and obviously um you know very exciting business I think um not from from my knowledge not a great deal of competition in this space um so really kind of intrigued to see see how you guys get on but uh, yeah best of luck and um, thank you you real pleasure thank you that's it for this episode of driven by data the podcast i hope you enjoyed it i'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics until then Please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these too. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.